you would open your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3. Normally when I teach, I'm doing expository preaching, going through a text chapter after chapter, verse by verse. But um, this week, for staff training, I'm going to be speaking more topically. And uh, the, the question today is, why are you doing this? That, that is a question that uh, all of us ought to ask ourselves, and if we live biblically, we are likely to have other people asking us that question. Why, why do you do what you do? In the Old Testament, God's people were told that they were to celebrate the Passover, and when your child asks you, why are we doing this? You're to tell them about the salvation that God has brought his people. And the reason that you and I are to live the way that we are to live is because we're seeking to be obedient to the Lord. We're not doing this for financial profit. We're not doing this for uh, acclaim in the community or in the news media. We're doing this out of obedience to the Lord who has called us to serve him in this way. So in Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 and 24 we have a message that is given to slaves. Now, if you ever think your job is challenging, try being owned by somebody. Not just employed by someone, owned by someone. Treated as property. Jesus describes the life of a slave this way. He says, if, you have, if, if your servant has been out working in the fields all day. And they come into the house, do you have a meal prepared for them? Or do you say to them, okay, now, fix my dinner. And when the servant brings the dinner, is the servant supposed to say, you know, where's my thank you? No. He says, don't pat yourself on the back. All you did was what was required of you. Well, I don't think that's right. I think that, you know, a 40-hour work week is actually asking a lot. Uh, in France, they don't have to work a 40-hour work week. Thank God we got Germans to come and help us. But, but the fact of the matter is there's this mindset that is not just in this culture or that culture. It's in, it's in all of us that, you know, by golly, I mean, you, you've, I'm sure, heard the recent... Uh, popular phrase about quiet quitting. People who have decided not to completely walk away from their job, but to stop doing more, stop going over and above, start looking out for me. Well, you know, if you make widgets for a living and really don't feel invested in the work, because at the end of your career, all you will have accomplished is making widgets. You didn't even see the product that the widget went into. You just, you know, well, I'm, as, as a fellow in the New Yorker magazine cartoon said when I was a boy, I learned a lot during my 40 years. Unfortunately, all of it was about plastics. You know, if that's all you've accomplished in life is this little thing, 
then I can see where, yeah, I'm not going to do any extra. I'm not going to do overtime unless I'm paid overtime. But if you're on a mission, if you have a different kind of motivation, if you're doing something out of a sense of calling from God, then you have a different mindset. But what if you're a slave? Well, this is what God said in Colossians 3, 23 and 24, speaking to slaves. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Wow. That's a different frame of mind, isn't it? It's a different way of looking at things. Say, no, no, no. The reason I'm doing this job is because I get paid. Well, then you're not going to be highly motivated, especially if you're not paid highly. But even people who make lots of money, if that's all they're working for, they run out of steam. What are you working for? Why are you doing what you're doing? My wife and I have been married 47 years. I believe we have a wonderful marriage. I'm extremely thankful to be married to my wife. She tells me she's extremely thankful to be married to me. I think she should be. <laughs> but, but the fact of the matter is this. There are times when we have to do things for each other that we wouldn't do just out of love for each other. We now have a caring, so I'm not really responsible to make the coffee. I just have to push a button to turn the heater on for the water. That's my big chore in the morning. Forgot to do it this morning, but anyway. <laughs> most, that's because I was having to hurry to be down here. But, but most of the time, I push the button. In the old days, before we had the Kerrig, which we've only had about a year, I actually made the coffee. I mean, I, I you know, put the water in the thing, and I put the coffee in the thing, and I, I, I measured the right amount, and I did all that. I don't even drink coffee. Why would I do that? Well, I do it for my wife. Why do you do it for your wife? Well, because she's a bear if she doesn't get her coffee. <laughs> no. Well, it's because you just adore your wife. Some days. But some days, not so much. So why do you do it? Do you, well, I just don't on those days. No, I do. But what I do for my wife, I don't do just out of love for my wife. I do it out of love for my Lord. Before I married Susan, I realized that having loved the Lord for years and sought to know and serve Him, I was thinking an awful lot about this girl that I was engaged to. And I really, I mean, you know, she just filled my thoughts. I was in college in Massachusetts, she was in college in Louisiana, and I'm walking. I'd just come out of the financial aid office, 
back in the days before loan forgiveness. And um, I, I was walking across the campus and, and I prayed and I said, Lord, Susan is so much on my mind. If she is distracting me from you, I would rather be single. I want you above all else. And the Lord's response to me was surprising and wonderful. He said, if you want to love me, love her well. I was moved to tears. Oh, they didn't come out. But like this morning, they well up. Because I realized what a gift from God, what a kindness from my Lord. That he's saying, I'm going to count what you do for her as having been done for me, if you'll do it for me. I can do that. I can do that. And so there have been many, many things across many, many years now where I wanted to do this for Susan because she's so wonderful. And there have been many, many things across many, many years when if it had just been for her, I wouldn't have done it. But I would do it for the Lord. Same with my kids. We've raised seven kids to adulthood. I think that's impressive until I see Primus and McDonald and those, those people, and then I think, okay, well, maybe not so impressive, but still. We'll see how they all turn out, okay? But, but I mean, the fact is, in the course of raising children, there are times when you have to do things that you do just because you love your kids. And then there are times when you have to do things for your kids just because you love Jesus. Why are you doing what you're doing? what's What's the motivation? Look again. Colossians 3, 23 and 24. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. Who's your boss? I've had many pastors say to me, I can't believe you say the things you do. I mean, you just, I mean, you just, you know, if I said that in my church, I'd be fired. And I think, well, then get fired. Don't hold back on the truth for fear you're going to lose your paycheck. Tell the truth. Proclaim God's word. Call people to repentance. It's what God does. Well, I just want to be loving. More loving than God? That's not love. That's cowardice. Whatever you do, changing diapers, thank God we don't have to do that here. Well, not unless you've got a baby, okay? 
Just wait till we, uh, I, I, I was going to say until we start a senior citizen's place, but we're not, we, we, we are going to have an area, my son will tell you about it, I'm sure, where some old people are allowed to retire. But we, we definitely do not include that aspect of elder care in what we will be offering. But I'm telling you, I spent time yesterday with a guy who was having to do that for his wife. Her funeral is going to be this Thursday while you're all enjoying a steak meal down there. Life is full of stuff that you will not want to do, but you have to do, not because it's your job, but because you love Jesus. So whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. If you have to change diapers, do it well. Do it well. Some people are lousy at it. Some men are just determined not to get it right so that their wives in frustration will say, here, let me do it. It's like, (laughs) that stinks. Well, no, the diaper stinks. Not as bad as your attitude. Martin Luther talked about the fact that husbands ought to change diapers because babies have been making messes ever since the start. You better be prepared to deal with it if you're going to love those adorable little creatures, each one with its own sin nature. That's not why they mess their diapers. It's why they will mess other things as they get older. Every single one of them, just like you and me, born in sin. How are we to love such people? As unto the Lord. You're working for the Lord. Therefore, you work with all your heart. You're working for the Lord, not for men. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. Now please get that. You're not working for a paycheck, but you are anticipating a reward from the Lord. Why is it all right to have that kind of motivation? If it weren't, God wouldn't have told us to do it expecting it. So I'm going to get paid for this? More than you can imagine. If you do it with all your heart, for the Lord. But if you're doing it for this earthly reward, God will say, well, hope you enjoyed your reward. If you're doing it for status, if you're doing it to impress people, if you're doing it so you can pat yourself on the back, then hope you enjoy that. But if you do it for the Lord, then you don't need other people to know, do you? It's not important that other folks keep score. They know. I, I just, I, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to brag or anything. I would just, want, just wanted you to know that, that I, I did this. I always want my wife to know. I do. Honey, I, uh, I, I unloaded and reloaded the dishwasher. Just 
just so you know. Because I realize she's got other things on her mind and she might not notice. And I just, I, honey, I'm only, I'm only telling you that because I want you to know that I love you and I did this out of love for you. Well, then I get a kiss and that's my reward. And I like the kisses, but um, they're not eternal. When I do something for the Lord, when I do something and I don't let my right hand know what my left hand is doing, when I do something truly with all my heart for the Lord, the reward that I will get for that is incomparable to anything on earth. There's not something here that somebody could give me. Well, what if we gave you a million dollars? I would love a million dollars. Thank you. I have several ideas of how I could spend it several times over. And I would give a substantial chunk of it to the ranch, I want you to know. But, um, But I'll tell you this. A million dollars isn't what it used to be. I, uh, just last week, processed my expectations where my retirement account is. I started saving for retirement in the early 1980s. And they have at Guidestone, it used to be the annuity board, now it's Guidestone, they have a, a a computer model where you can plug in how much you're making now, what percentage of your current income you hope to have in retirement years, how many years your savings need to last, because, um, you know, I mean, if you expect to die by the time you're 75, then you're uh, 30-something. If you expect to die by the time you're 75, I guarantee you you're not my age, okay? I, I used to think that, you know, well, anyway. Um, I used to think that people my age were really old. That's what I used to think. Okay? I, I did all the, the um, calculations about what do you expect interest rates to be that you'll make on your money, what do you expect inflation rate to be, all this stuff. And I tried this time to be a little more realistic based on the current meltdown in our culture. And... Um, And it said that if I would uh, contribute between now and the time I'm 70, if I would contribute uh, 857 point something percent of my annual income each year, that I could achieve my goal. I don't have to do that. It gave a couple of other options, one of which is to delay retirement until age 92. for real. I can show it to you on my computer. (laughs) It's just like, okay, I don't think that's a good plan. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Now, I'm not telling you I don't have enough money. I'm telling you that if I was offered a million dollars, it would not last forever. But the inheritance that God promises to those who do what they do with all their heart as unto him, that is an inheritance that he promises. 
it will last forever. God's not going to come to us 12 million years into our time in heaven and say, listen, I really don't know how to break this to you, but there's been a change in circumstances. (laughs) No, God has always been and always will be. He owns everything. He spoke the universe into being. If you invest in something else, as, you know, this is going to be the key to my future. I think this is the next big thing. It may be the next big thing, but it can't compare to the inheritance that is reserved in heaven for you, Christian. The Apostle Peter tells us that that inheritance is absolutely secure, incorruptible reserved in heaven for you who are protected by the power of God. If you are his, you don't have to worry about the future. Trust in him. You can see how I've really been keeping track. And now I know I can retire at age 92. (laughs) It, it, It doesn't matter. I could retire today if God said so. I can retire whenever God says. But the important thing is what am I doing between now and the time I retire? What am I going to do after I retire? Buy a boat and go deep sea fishing? I mean, what are you living for? Why are you doing what you're doing? Whatever you do, Work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. That is why we do what we do. And it should be why we do what we do the way we do. Let's pray. Father, apart from you, we can do nothing. But we thank you that we can do all things through Christ, which strengthens us. We pray that as Paul writes in Romans we would be willing to not lack in zeal, but keep our spiritual fervor serving the Lord. That as Paul writes in Galatians, we would not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. We pray that we would do what we do for you. Looking forward to the fact that you keep your promises and you see what others don't and you will reward 
what we do for you. And so we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.